1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Lions Radio Network. I'm your host, Donna Lyons, coming to you live from Washington, D.C. Remember, you can always catch us on iHeartRadio, uh, as well as Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. So any of these shows that you hear, you can replay them again over and over again as many times as you want. My guest today is simply incredible, Bob Lemieux, who is the founder and for the brand for Conscious Support Group, which was founded in 2012. And as of April of this year, he changed the name of the group Concussion Discussion on Facebook. So if you are looking for that, look up Concussion Discussions on Facebook. Um, And it provides practical education materials and insights to persons and their families experiencing concussion or signs or symptoms of brain injury. Mr. Lemieux had a long and celebrated career as a professional athlete from 1962 to 1986. He also experienced eight knockout concussions in his life from actively playing contact sports. He has devoted himself for the past six years as a student and advocate, helping everyone, including athletes, to understand this silent epidemic and seek treatment. He's also a brain donor and works with the National Hockey League Alumni Association for the Study of Concussions, the Canadian Concussion Center, and with Dr. Levine, Tater, and Hazrati. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And his connection with the concussion community, trying to help communicate about the severity of concussions, gives everyone a better understanding of his mission. And I'm going to go ahead and let's bring Bob on the show. Hi, Bob. Welcome to the show.
0: Donna, you know, i
1: got to compliment you. You read
0: that just as I wrote it. <laughs> isn't that amazing how that works,
1: Bob? <laughs> Communications
0: today is so wonderful,
1: isn't it? it? It is amazing. It's amazing. Well, first I want to just uh, congratulate you on such a lengthy career and as being a professional athlete. That had to be so amazing and probably still looking back surreal that you played professional sports and um you know and what you're doing now concussion awareness i when we when i had messaged you before on facebook i was telling you i've done quite a few shows in regard to concussions to, uh, traumatic brain injury chronic traumatic encephalopathy uh and, and these shows usually are with football players so i'm this is interesting to get um your view on all this, and tell, let, let's start with telling everyone exactly what a concussion is.
0: Well, in my case, it was simple. I started uh, when I was playing football at 11. I had two concussions in a period of 30 days, and quite frankly, I should have suffered probably second impact syndrome, but neither here nor there. After that, I, I turned my attention really into uh, sports with the Montreal Canadiens organization originally, suffered many concussions as a junior hockey player up to the age of 20. But it really hit home when I was in the major leagues with the Oakland Seals and the Vancouver Connect. The first year of expansion in 67-68, I had three knockout concussions in three months in NHL cities. I don't remember what, I can tell you a funny story about the one in Detroit, but I I won't waste the time. The point is, I don't remember anything that happened. But what I do know is that after the third one, which is the eighth knockout uh, since I was 11 years of age, in the NHL, and I was sent down to the minors, I always say Oakland did me a favor. They really wanted to save my life by sending me out of the National Hockey League down to the minors because I had had these three major concussions in three months. They didn't know anything about it. Nobody knew anything about concussions, and I didn't know anything at the time. But when I went down, my wife learned something, and she conveyed it to me much later. She learned that my personality as an individual had changed drastically. I was irritable. I was impatient. I was violent, not with her and the kids but I was violent unto myself, I was depressed, I was anxious, I suffered suicidal thoughts. In time, I became an addict. I've overcome that today. And all of these things she has mentioned to me that happened to me that I didn't know about. And one of the things that we have to convey, Donna, is very, very important to all these athletes. Our job is, uh, my job with concussion discussions and my staff and group is to work with the young people up to their 19th birthday. Everything now is being done for the older people, and that's fine. I I don't have any problem with that. They made the decisions, but it's the young folks that we have to prevent injuries with, and I will tell you why. Simply, all of our children, boys and girls, up to that age, are developing their brains. They aren't developed. And when they are concussed, Their brains are damaged. And one of the things that nobody wants to tell anybody is we lose those brain cells. Now, if your people are listening to me carefully, they may pick up that I have had brain problems. Well, I did. In October, I had a stroke. And on top of everything else, that's fine. I had a little speech problem. But what people have to understand is the brain, although it's only 3 pounds up on top of your shoulders, controls everything in your body. And when you're a child and you're bumped around, you don't expect to have problems, but you do every time your head is jarred and brain cells are lost and children develop various problems. When they get into the athletic area in, in college, They have more, if they're in football and other sports, more. Then they get into the pros and more. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Our brain manifests these damaged brain cells into different types of diseases that nobody wants to talk about. So when you lose consciousness, the only 10% of people who suffer a concussion, by the way, actually lose consciousness. You have all of these sub-concussive hits these are ones that you never even pay attention to or you see players lying on a playing surface and they don't move well let's say they've had a concussion they get up and they go back and they come back into the to the, the, the play the bottom line is every one of us has had brain damage and nobody wants to talk about that and that's what Our group is all about, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. But there are so many consequences to brain injuries. We now know that any number of degenerative brain diseases, MS, Lou Gehrig's, Alzheimer's, dementia, anxiety, addictions, and so on, it goes down the list, all have their roots in concussions, something we didn't know before. It's something we know now. So I was depressed. I had all of these problems, but I didn't even know it. It was told to me later on in my life by my wife. But I want to tell you, for 40 years, and this is important, for wives especially and families of parents who suffer concussions, we don't always know. But in my case, it was over 40 years of this kind of lifestyle that I lived and thought, In many ways, I was normal, but it was when my wife told me how abnormal I really was that I began to get medicated and find out about myself, and here we are today. Imagine that. I'm talking to you.
1: Exactly. You know, Bob, give us some idea of what symptoms somebody would look for, especially a spouse of a professional athlete or even, you know, military. You know, our military, uh, they come back all the time with, and it doesn't have to be a blow to the head. I heard that the concussions can happen just from a heavy blast. You know, these things rattling the brain, anything that moves the brain inside the skull is going to cause issues. What are some of the symptoms people should look for?
0: Well, I've got to tell you, there, there are some good books out there by wives uh, of players and people who have experienced concussions. One of the big problems that we have today and I'd say this and wives have to listen to me I'd say wives it's boys and girls but primarily now we're looking at the male athlete so wives of these players or loved ones have got to pay close attention to something and what has happened in the past is they've gotten divorced because they couldn't live with these problems so they got divorced they said that was going to rectify things next thing they know You've got a a, a spouse who is suicidal or is committed to an institution or suffers from addictions or is demented or dementia or whatever. These are things that happen to us that not many of us really can figure out. We don't, for the most part, I don't think relate it back to our sports careers. We'd say, well, it's it's a part of life. But we start getting addicted. We start depression. There were times here where I couldn't go out for days. I couldn't talk to anyone. I had to hide. I would call it my man cave. I'd go in there and don't bother me. And my wife, God bless her, learned all of these things and found out that, that I suffered from these things. But women today have to understand the minute they recognize problems in their partners, They have to act. It's no longer trying to figure out, well, should I get divorced? He's not loving me like he did. No. These are problems. Depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, addictions, uh, staying out late, going into his man cave and not wanting to talk to him, being afraid of crowds, not sleeping at night. These are all things that a spouse might say, well, that's just normal. But it's not normal. Trust me, it is not normal. The athlete has something wrong in the brain, and it has to be tested immediately. Now, I'll talk about testing in a minute. But when we talk about our military, that is incredibly important. Our military doesn't enter the military until they're 18 or 19 years of age. Many of our dead military personnel were killed either by blasts or they killed themselves later on. Many of our young people come home after suffering an IED or one of these blasts, and it's my understanding these blasts go right through them, and it affects their brain like a serious concussion inside. But they don't realize it. Many of them don't realize it at the time if they're not killed immediately or concussed immediately. They have brain damage. And what happens, I'm talking to parents now around the country that have lost their sons and daughters in the military. It was two or three or four years later that these people began to manifest these signs of depression, anxiety, suicide, and so on. And ultimately, it rolled over into CTE or some other disease, and they died. And nobody in the military included doesn't pay attention to that because, well, it it didn't die on my watch. They died on – no, they died on the military's watch. What's happening today in pro sports, these players are dying on the watch of the sports that they're playing. Nobody back then knew anything. Nobody in the military knows anything. And I can tell you one thing. Six years ago when I began, because I had been invited to participate in the NHL alumni process, brain study, and I donated my brain at that time to Bennett O'Malley uh, After going to Pittsburgh and studying so much and spending uh, almost a week with Mike Webster's son, Garrett, and learning all about Mike Webster's problems, and Bennett O'Malley had just discovered cte so i donated my brain because i wasn't sure if i was going to have cte or not but what i learned in talking when i got back uh, i talked to the head of the hospital system that was helping us and he looked at me and he said do you realize what you have done i said no not really he said well i want to tell you that the new frontier in medicine is the brain it's what He said, the new frontier in medicine is the brain. I said, well, help me. He said, nobody, not one doctor in North America or a medical professional in North America understands the brain and how it works. And I can tell you, Donna, and and your listeners especially, no one does. That's one of the things that we have learned in six years. There isn't a medical professional... I don't care who it is, except Benedict Omalo, who has stated, don't play sports, contact sports. Do not play contact sports because you're going to get a concussion. But there isn't a medical professional in any field who understands a concussion. You can be diagnosed, oh, you've got a concussion. Well, I can diagnose a concussion. You can't play for a while. Well, that's fine. But the point is, there isn't one child in America that should be playing any contact sport who has had concussion. And our position, my group's concussion discussion, is unique. We are unique in North America, and this is important for people to to learn. We advocate not playing any contact sport, and I say this again because it's important, People don't always listen. So at this point, people who have children in the military or in sports must pay close attention. Concussion discussions advocates no child should play contact sports until the medical profession can determine unequivocally what happens when you have a concussion. We advocate participating in non-contact sports. And by God, there's a lot of them out there. I watched one this weekend, the Masters, and they made a lot of money winning the first prize, maybe a million dollars. That's a That's lot That's right.
1: Of yeah, <laughs> it is. Yep. Well, absolutely.
0: Contact. Do not play contact sports at all. Now, that is not singing from the hymnal. That's not preaching to the choir. That being a radical, and you know what happens with radicals. We get stepped on a lot by the people because, and I have to tell you this again, people out there listening don't understand that all these geniuses with these initials get a lot of money. They get money for right. research. If they didn't get this money, they wouldn't do the research. But we say, why play until we know the answer? Why subject your brain to injury? And we can't understand why parents want to commit their children to being devastated now that they know we can't figure that out. But we're working on it thanks to you.
1: Well, I think it's awesome. You know, and and I have to agree with you with the children in sports. I have a really hard time with it. After all the statistics that I've read and all the shows I've done on concussions and TBI and all that stuff, it amazes me that parents still put their kids in those kinds of sports. And you know what? Sadly, soccer is too. Even though you're not running into each other all the time, soccer is a big one because they bounce that ball right off their head and it jars your brain, especially in professional soccer you know, in pro soccer, where that ball is flying so fast, and it hits you, people don't understand, think, oh, soccer is not a contact sport, but it is people. So you need to look at that as well. Tell us, um, as far as, you know, there's different uh, types of concussions, you know, there's, we say TBI, we say uh, CTE, what are, can you, Tell us any of the differences between those. Or are they all really the same thing?
0: No, they're not. And that's that's. See, this is, we go back to this, and I say no one can tell you about a concussion with any certainty. First right. First of all, you're injured. Well, what does that mean? You see, in in all of the legislation that I have read in the fifty states, which now have laws, by the way. And Canada passed their first one in Ontario two weeks ago, the Rowan Law. Now, don't get me started on the Rowan Law because it's bad news. I just read it. But the bottom line is, who defines what a concussion is in practice or on the sidelines? Now, let me ask some basic questions. And you play devil's advocate for me and play the mother of a child participating in sports. Your child, all of a sudden is damaged in practice you get a call from a coach or somebody and they say well you know your son or daughter has had an accident maybe you ought to look into it so you rush over and you say your child is is delusional well what should I do? I'll rush him to the ER because how long has it been? bottom line here is where are the certified in concussion professional positions or a position's assistant certified in concussions on the sideline for the practice or the game? Where are they? How many institutions of any kind, schools, amateur sports, uh, youth sports, how many have, well, you know what? Not many. And they say, well, we've got a certified athletic trainer. Don't tell me about athletic trainers. They deal with a whole lot of other injuries. I'm talking about, and and this is important, you can have a bad ankle, a bad wrist, a bad shoulder. A trainer is good, but when you have a head injury, who knows? Nobody knows, not even the doctors. But what I'm saying to you is, what about the sidelines? How many institutions actually pay and have to pay a professional who is certified. And remember, I said certified. Not just anyone, but certified in concussions. And all that means is they have done a little bit more studying than anybody else. And what's scary... Go to the ER, and I'll tell you that 99% of the year, doctors, from what I have been told, know nothing about concussions. They know TBIs because TBIs are more serious. So let's talk a little bit about TBIs. You've got the concussion on the sidelines or at the games, and your child should either go to the ER or family doctor or be diagnosed, apparently. Now, you've got a bad injury because a kid has uh, something wrong with a car accident or Um, a gunshot to the head, a lot of that is TBI. Those are serious concussions. Now, concussion, an MTBI, minor traumatic brain injury or concussion, is one that is not as serious as the TBI. The TBI usually will leave a person debilitated for the rest of their life unless they undergo some serious rehabilitation and they are rehabilitated, but that's... Few and far between. Now, that's the TBI. Now you talk about SIS, Second Impact Syndrome. It gets a lot of play. There aren't many yet that have died from Second Impact Syndrome. But as a parent, you better pay close attention because if your child is diagnosed with a concussion and that concussion doesn't heal properly, and and by the way, concussions can can never heal they will never heal and some go on for life but if the brain doesn't correct the cell problem that is, that is caused by that uh, concussion and a player goes out and has another one and this is where Rowan comes in in Canada they can have second impact syndrome which means, their brain has not healed, it's still struggling, It still bruised, it may be still bleeding, and that athlete <clears throat> or that person has a second concussion. And what happens with this SIS or second impact syndrome, Fifty. and this is knowledge, and this is fact, this is not me speaking, this is fact, 50% of the people with second impact syndrome die, and 50% are left as vegetables for the rest of their life. All right, now we've gotten by that. What about sub subconcussive hits? Oh you don't hear much spoken about subconcussive hits. What is that? Oh that's that blow to the upper body or to the head or to the shoulders. Where your brain inside the skull is jarred. Take a look at jello. Put it on the table and hit it a little bit. It's gonna move all over the place then put something around it and hit it. Well, that's what happens to your brain. Your brain is nothing but yellow. And inside the skull, it's rough in there, and when that brain gets knocked by a subconcussive hit, or what they call a concussive hit, it moves all over the place, and the brain cells are damaged. This is what we have to repair. We don't know whether it's the front, the back, the side, inside, where. They may, with CAT scans or MRIs, determine some bleeds, but concussions don't require that. Strokes <laughs> require an MRI and a CAT scan to find out where the bleed is. Most right. concussions, unless TBIs, don't bleed. But now the subconcussive hit, we have those throughout life, and they're not diagnosed as concussions, but they affect the brain. And when a child is playing a contact sport from the age of 5, 6, or 7, Figure out how many times that child has their head jarred during a practice or a game. Each one of those hits, and this is what we don't know, each one of those hits is considered a very mild concussion. You have big concussions when you have a big hit, but all of these subconcussive hits add up. So what does that mean? Let's get to the granddaddy of them all. Down the road somewhere, there's a manifestation of this injury. A manifestation of this injury means that damaged brain cells, as we know it, end up expanding and growing and, and shifting around, and they cause other types of diseases. If the brain cells are dying off, they can affect so many things, like I said, depression and alcohol and and uh, dementia and anxiety and so on and so forth but when you start losing these brain cells like they did like you do with in some cases dementia and alzheimer's but especially with cte these cells die off they can't be repaired and why do they happen we believe now with the studies that have been done on dead athletes brains that they're losing their brain cells because of this disease we call CTE, as killing the brain cells, and it ultimately, like Alzheimer's and dementia and others, kills the individual. So when we're looking at this, and let's not panic, okay? Let's just look at this objectively as parents. Why don't we now, if we can, remove our children from... A lot of these potential injuries. Listen, if they're riding a bike or walking down the street. They could get hurt and have a concussion. We can't stop that. But why would we subject our child to deliberately having subconcussive or concussive hits? I don't understand that. So let's. My thinking is let's remove them from those. Put them in non-contact sports where they're less likely to be damaged until. In years from now, how many, I don't know, in years from now, doctors researching this can look at you straight in the eye and say, you know, Donna, we don't think a child should play because, or we think a child can play because we have improved this, that, and the other thing. And those improvements in equipment today don't happen. So why are we playing our kids? I don't know
1: i yeah it 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 boggles my mind as well well i want to thank you so much you've given me so much information i would love to have you on again um in the near future and talk about this further i think there's just still so much untouched information out there that we need to bring to the public and i really appreciate you coming on like i said i've had football players on talking about their issues with cte and i actually just watched a show yesterday on megan kelly um, and she had Brett Favre on and he was talking about his football days and, and now the the um, physical and mental um, things he's feeling because of the ramifications of concussions as well. It was a very good interview. So if you have time to, to check that out, I maybe Google it. Um, but he had a lot to say. It was very interesting. So thank you so much, Bob, for taking the time to come on today. Any last thoughts for everyone?
0: Yes. Donna, I want to tell you, I'll come back on anytime you want for any amount of time. The important thing is we have to educate in the worst way. We need your help to get us into communities where we can explain things to youth, sports teams, and to the public in general. We need to share this. Look, they're going to make their decisions. We're not going to tell them to play or not play. But they're not getting the truth handed to them. We think we have the truth when it comes to young athletes under the age of 19 and the military and what they're not being told, what they should be told, before they choose to play. By the way, one last thought. Any child under the age of 16 or 18, it depends what state you're in, it isn't legal for that child to make a decision. It's only legal for a parent to make the decision for the child. Parents entering their children into contact sports could be, in time, lawsuits will be filed for child uh, reckless uh, endangerment, child abuse, and other things, because the child doesn't choose to play the vicarious parent chooses the sport that the child will play. Remember
1: that. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Bob, you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for coming on and I appreciate everything you're doing and, uh, we will talk soon and have you back on again, maybe next month. And let's talk further with all this. Thank you so much. Have a great I'm weekend.
0: Yeah, you too. Thanks, Donna
1: bye, Bob. Everyone, if you want to catch this show again, you can find us on iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, and iTunes. Just go to Lions Radio Network. I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. And don't forget, Monday is Party Line with Gina Renee. Uh, we're going to have a blast. And we're actually going to be talking about uh, finding a lost loved one. should be a very interesting show. We have lots going on on Monday. So please join us. Have a great weekend, everyone.